Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yeah, well, once again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in on this live uh, broadcast, this live stream. Hope you're well. Uh, once again, just looking forward to this Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we uh, enter into our roundtable uh, talk series where we're going to talk about racism and uh, the, the church and what's our role in this. It's going to be a, a very, very important, meaningful, thoughtful time. So join us this Wednesday. And we've been in a series over the course of the last several weeks that really was birthed out of what's the other crisis that we're facing right now, this pandemic that we're in, this COVID-19. And uh, when this started up almost three weeks, or excuse me, three months ago, uh, Pastor Ashley and myself were getting phone calls and text messages and emails with questions uh, pertaining to what was going on in the world that had to do with this pandemic. And so we were getting questions about, did God send this pandemic? Is it, is this sickness because God's judging us? Is, is this the end of the world? Are we in the end times? People uh, have been losing their jobs, being furloughed. So people were, you know, contacting us, wanting to know about money and uh, finances and relationships. And there's tension because we're all at home under quarantine and all of these things related to what's going on in the world. We, Ashley and I just got to praying and we started talking to each other. We just decided, hey, let, let's Let's speak to some of these questions, these topics, but not from like our, you know, personal philosophies or what we think about it. Let's look at God's word and and see if these topics uh, are in the Bible. And sure enough, they all are. And so we just decided, let's do a series entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Dot, Dot, Dot? And we talked about the end times. We talked about prophecy. We talked about uh, finances. We talked about relationship issues. uh, And on and on and on. And we just looked at the scripture and tried the very best that we could to answer some of these questions that we were getting. Today, uh, I want to talk about what does scripture have to say about those who oppose you? People that are against you. People that curse you, people that maybe even hate you. I want to look today what the Bible has to say about enemies. Enemies. Is there anywhere in scripture that speaks to this topic of enemies that we have in our life? Uh, Maybe you say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't have any enemies. Really? (laughs) Because Jesus said, if you're one of my followers, uh, you know, they persecuted me. And because you represent me, they're going to persecute you. And so just, just being a Christian, you've already got enemies. And we all, we, all, we all deal with enemies at different levels based on where we're at in life, based on uh, culture, based on, our path, based on whatever it is we're up to. We, we all have them. And so the question is, what does the Bible have to say about enemies? And I want to look at Matthew chapter 5 because in my estimation, Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, it's one of Jesus's probably his most famous uh, sermon he ever gave, and he speaks specifically to enemies. He says, if, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be my follower, uh, the instruction that I have for you is to love your enemy, not to seek revenge, uh, not, to, not even to ignore them, but he says, love your enemies. And you know, a lot of us, 
whether we do it on purpose or it's just subconsciously, we, we just kind of write that part off because in my estimation, I think it's the most radical thing he ever had to say. Love my enemies. It goes against everything in my humanity, in my flesh. Man, my flesh wants to seek revenge, wants to get back at that person, wants to hurt that person. But Jesus not only says, I can't do that, he goes a little bit further and says something so radical, and that is, I'm supposed to love them. And I want to look at that passage of Scripture, but before I get there, uh, if we're going to love our enemies, I think it's really important to know who they are. And so I just want to look at a, one definition of what an enemy is. Here's one definition. An enemy is a person who's actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. So your enemy would be anyone who's actively opposed to you or even hostile toward you. Scripture mentions enemies in reference to those who persecute you, which means to pursue with harmful intentions. Now, today in the world, there are Christians that are actually being physically tortured and put to death, like real persecution. Now, um, we live in this free nation where we're, we have the, the right to practice our religion, and we don't, we don't see that right now. But many of you are still ex experiencing persecution simply because you follow Jesus. And so I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43 through 48. You'll see it on the screen, or you can open to your Bibles and, and look at it there. It says this, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now watch what he says here. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? It's easy to love the people that love you back. Then he says, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, so we've established that we're called to love our enemies. The question is, how exactly do we do that? If you're taking notes today, I have three pretty basic steps. And in my estimation, pretty, three pretty basic steps to share with you today, right out of Scripture, that will answer the how. How do we, how do we live out what Jesus is asking us to do and that is to love our enemies here's the first thought I have for you and you'll see it on your screen and that is shift your perspective of what Jesus asks of you let me say it one more time shift your perspective meaning the way you see it shift your perspective of what Jesus asks of you some of some of us have, have, a, have a, a real misunderstanding of the expectation Jesus has for us in, in this area of loving our enemies and so uh, you know, it's almost noon. So right here at noon, let me, let me set you free. Let me, uh, let me uh, remove some of the anxiety. Let me set the record straight. The expectation that Jesus has for you in this area of loving your enemies um, doesn't require you to be best friends with them, okay? Um, 
He's not asking us to love our enemies the same way we love our loved ones. He's he's not even asking you to trust your enemy. He doesn't command us to love their actions. So just kind of take a deep breath. You don't have to be best friends with your enemy. But here is a few of the expectations that Jesus has for us in this area of loving our enemies. Go to Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen, let me stop right there, underline that, willing to listen. Jesus says, but to you who are willing to listen, let me just stop right there. This is really the first step because there's a lot of us that come with all kinds of baggage, uh, history, real pain. Some of you watching right now, you, you remember what it was like to be physically abused, emotionally hurt. You, you come with all of this baggage and you're not even open to a new thought. Like, like you're not even willing to even entertain a new idea that we read in scripture. So when you say, love your enemies, you tune that out because of your past or even what you're walking through right now. You say, impossible, erroneous, forget it. And Jesus understood that 2,000 years ago when he was speaking to a Jewish community that was so persecuted by the Roman government. They were outcast. And, 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 he, and he goes, there's going to be some of you that aren't even open to what I'm trying to teach you right now. So I'm just going to talk to those who are willing to listen. For us white people, uh, that's really the first step. That's the first ask that our black brothers and sisters have of us today. Would you just be willing to listen? Would you be willing to hear our point of view on these race issues? And so that's what we're going to do this Wednesday. But So Jesus, go back to the scripture. He says, but to you who are willing to listen... I say, love your enemies. Now, get your highlighter out. Underline these different themes that he's going to say here. So underline this. He goes on to say, do good to those who hate you. So just underline, do good. This is the expectation. He says, bless those who curse you. Underline, bless those. And then he says, pray for those who hurt you. So there's a prayer component there. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat... Offer your shirt also. Now here's another theme here. There's a giving component. He says, give to anyone who asks. Under, underline, give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. The golden rule. So Jesus gives us some basic action steps that are manageable. He says, do good. He says, bless those who curse you. He says, pray for those who hurt you. He says, give, give, give. Now, you're not going to uh, crush it in all four areas right out of the gate. But we can all start somewhere. We can all get better at these four different components here. And it's manageable. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He talked about this specific subject of of loving enemies. He says in Romans 12, starting in verse 17, he says, do not repay anyone for uh, anyone evil for evil. He, he says, don't seek revenge. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now watch verse 18, because this is going to set some of us free right now. He says, if, if you're in your apartment, just shout that word, 
if, he says, if it is possible. That word if changes everything. It doesn't say it is. It, he doesn't open up and say, it is possible, meaning you have to do it because it's possible. He says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, meaning do your part, if it's possible to do my part, live at peace with everyone, all right? So if, it, so if it's possible, because there's some situations where it's not possible, uh, there, there's some of you are watching and you're in, a, you're in a, an abusive relationship and you've done all that you can to the point where you just finally had to leave. That, it wasn't possible for you, right? Because here's the reality. There are toxic people that you will not be able to change because they're dealing with their own pain, their own baggage, their own hurt, and it has nothing to do with you. And what I want you to know today is when you love your enemies, it reveals to the world that you are a follower of Jesus. Loving your enemy doesn't pay your way into God's family. It proves that you're in it. I'm not, I don't love my enemies or people that are opposed to me so that I can get brownie points or I can pay penance for my salvation. No, when I, when I extend a, an olive branch, when I, when I lean in instead of just bailing, when I know that I can at least do something, when I'm able to step out and just do something, maybe that just looks with, maybe it just starts with praying for that person. Man, I can't stand that guy so much. If I tried to have a conversation right now, I'd rip his face off. Maybe that's you today. So I, I encourage you, don't have that conversation in this season. Step back and simply pray. Lord, I pray for this gentleman who I can't stand. Man, God will receive that prayer. I'm telling you. We're all on this journey of looking more and more like Jesus every day. When, you, the, when the first time, when you say yes to Jesus, man, you don't look exactly like him. But man, as you begin to pursue his heart and his ways, man, you'll start to look more like him. Here's what I want to say. Man, if you're a follower of Jesus, man, if you've got the t-shirt, man, I'm telling you, People that aren't followers of Jesus, they are watching you. They're watching us. They're seeing how we're going to respond to blatant racism in our country. Is the church going to be passive and quiet? Is Pastor JF just not going to pretend like it doesn't exist? Is he, is he just going to go on? Or is he going to actually say something, man? It, 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 hey, uh, hey, hey, I want you to know, when you just, when you reach out, when you do the right thing, people are watching. And what that happens, what happens when we do that? Man, we look more like Jesus. And man, those types of scenarios, I've, I've, I have sat with countless people that have come to Christ because they watched a Jesus guy do the right thing. I'm telling you. And when we love our enemies, it doesn't, it doesn't it's, it's not a payment into heaven or into God's family. It's just proof that we're a part of it. So shift your perspective. Change your mind on what Jesus is asking of you. You can start by simply taking baby steps. Remember? Remember, uh, what about Bob? Baby steps. Start out with just praying for him. And let the Holy Spirit do a work on your heart and their heart. Here's the second step to help us love our enemies. And that is, number two, shift your perspective from the temporary to the eternal. 
Stop thinking of your, of your perspective of time and start thinking of God's perspective of time. I'm talking about eternity. Now, there's a Bible teacher uh, that I admire from afar. I've never got a chance to hang out with him or anything, but I've read all his stuff and listened to his talks online and uh, Francis Chan. And I really like Francis Chan. And I remember he did this illustration. He was talking about eternity and he, and he did this illustration that like resonated, resonated with me. And, and I've, I've used it countless times. So if you've seen this, just, just go with it, okay? But I just thought it was so cool and it's such a great picture. I remember he had a piece of rope like this and at the end of the rope like this, there is a little piece of tape. I don't know, it's about know, two and a half inches or so. And I remember he held it up and he said, now, here's what I want you to know. He said, this is your life. I'll never forget it. He said, this is your life. Right here you're born, and right here you die. And all this stuff happens in here. Some of you get married. Some of you don't get married. Some of you get, uh, get, get the job you want. Some of you don't get the job that you wanted, but you get a different job. And he just went on and on and on. Kids and, 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 and there's some pain. And right here was cancer. And then God healed you of cancer. And then right here you went on that, that, that trip and it changed your life. And so you started a, a Jesus work in, in a developing country. And right here, then you passed on. Da, 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 and, da, 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 and all of a sudden you went to sleep and you didn't wake up here on earth. <laughs> you woke up in the presence of God, right? This is your whole life right here. And I remember he said, so many of us, we only look at our lives through this lens. Everything that's happening right now here on earth. But my friend right now, if you're a follower of Jesus, I hope you believe. And I hope you know that we're not going to be here forever because we got somewhere we're going. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus. And I remember Francis took it and he just said, here's really your life. And he pulled that rope through. And he says, man, when we leave this earth, when we die, this old, this old body goes into the grave. We spend eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever. And man, he had a, a, real, a whole lot longer of a rope than I do, but you get the point, man. It's just the rope just goes on and on and on and on. And, and the reason why I wanted to show you that today is because when you can begin to shift your perspective, when you're able to, to, to not just focus on the way you see time and space and your physical years here on earth, when you're able to begin to shift the way you see who you are, that you are not only just a physical being, you're a spirit being, and that when you pass on to this life, you're going to spend eternity with Jesus. When you're able to look through these lenses, man, I've been so honored and blessed to be around some senior saints, man. This is the way they see life. They're not worried about dying, man. They're excited, man. They're going, they're going to heaven. And when we, when we begin to in, embody this type of, of, of perspective, things begin to change in this area of loving enemies or rejection or all of these things when you begin to when you begin to look through the lenses of the eternal everything begins to shift and you're able to do what Jesus says here another radical thought Matthew 5 starting in verse 11 he says blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me then he goes on and he says rejoice and be glad Rejoice and be glad. This persecution is so much fun, right? I love it, <laughs> right? Now I'm telling you, if, if it's only in the perspective of the way you see time, you'll never be able to rejoice during, 
times of persecution. Remember Paul and Silas in the jail? They got to singing, man. They start, I mean, I'm not, it, it's, it's humanly impossible. And I'm going to get to that in a second. You're going to need something else required to get you through this. But then he goes on, he says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, eternity. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here's another thought that I have for you. The real fight isn't against another human. It's not against flesh and blood. It's, it's against principalities. There's a spirit world. We have a real enemy and it's a spiritual one. Actual forces of darkness. And when you understand this, it helps to keep us reacting out of our own human nature and it becomes easier to live out what 1 Peter says right here. What Peter encourages us where he says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. I know it sounds crazy, I know it almost seems impossible. He says, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So number one, shift your perspective of what Jesus asks of you. Number two, shift your perspective from the temporary to the eternal. Now here's the last step that's gonna help us live out what Jesus instructs us to do in loving loving those who oppose us, who are against us, who are our, our enemies. And here's the third thought I have. That is shift your perspective on how it's done. Shift your perspective on how it's done. Stop trying to will yourself to love your enemies. Oh, if only I read the right books. If only I could get more in tune with why they hate me. If only I wouldn't have skipped the HR department's conflict resolution seminar. It's because of that. Is it still online? Ah! Get away from trying to, will, trying to do it on your own. A couple of years ago, my family, you know, we went on a, a little escape from the Northwest in the winter. Now, if you're watching from somewhere else uh, in the country, uh, we love the Pacific Northwest, but man, there's some dark days in the wintertime. I mean, it, like you just don't, you don't see the sun for weeks. It's rain and it's like, man, there, it was light outside for like nine minutes. And it's just, oh, so if you live up here, you, I mean, if there's any way you can like get down to Scottsdale, you should probably pursue that. You should put a little, put a little savings account uh, over here for, and just right on there, Costa Mesa in February. I'm just, it's just kind of, you know, get some sunshine, right? Find a body, and it's, you got to find a body of water, a swimming pool, a beach. And so we were on one of our, you know, winter annual, you know, getaway to get some vitamin D thing with the kids. And so my kids, you know, they're Northwest kids. And, you know, they're just like, they're just like, I got to get in a, I got to swim, dad. I got to swim, 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 swim. Dad, 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 swim, 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 swim. We got to swim. And so this was just in my ear. So we went to the airport, got on the plane, got to our destination. Of course, the suitcases weren't with us. I, I know. We went all the way to Florida, the connection. No, no. So, of course, no swimming trunks, no blow up toys, none of that stuff. And I knew that if, those, if we woke up in the morning and there wasn't those suitcases, my kids were going, there would be anarchy in that, you know, hotel room, right? And I was like, I got to go find some Walmart, you know, uh, swim trunks or whatever it was. And so 
I, I remember I was like, got the rental car and I raced to the hotel. I'm like, babe, we gotta get, we just gotta uh, check it as quickly and I'm gonna run on, just you know, text me their sizes and I'll just get whatever there is and we can't have anarchy in the morning. They'll, they'll, they'll jump in the pool in their jeans and their sweaters. You know what I'm saying? And so I just remember, dad, you gotta, you gotta do it, dad, please. I'm like, I'm gonna be the savior. I'm gonna be the savior of our family. I'm gonna find the swim trunks, right? And so I remember I took off her and I was watching the time and I knew that the mall was gonna close. Maybe it was, I can't remember if it was Walmart or the mall or it was just a place to find the swim trunks, right? I remember, you know, jumping out of the car and I was like, ah, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. And, and, and I ran, it wasn't Walmart because Walmart's open like 24 hours a day. So it was definitely the mall and I ran and it was one of those things where I was just going to like physically, you know, shoot my body through the, through the, the doors just to blow through them, right? And so I'm like, doo, 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 and I'm, I'm just full and I kind of jump and I, and you know, that bar thing that you press, I, I like, boom, and I tell you, I, not only did the door not open, my whole body like ricocheted off the door that was totally closed. And I was like, no, it's closed. My kids, pandemonium. And it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, I'm banging on the doors and, and feeling all, you know how you do that? You're like, maybe I'm missing. And you're feeling all over the doors. You're like, there's gotta be a way, no. And I just remember like putting my, my fists on, on the, and I was just like, just defeated, you know? just full on dad, defeated. I was leaning and I was like, ah. All of a sudden, I feel a presence. I feel a human presence. I feel the presence of not just any human, but a small one. Just so happened to be a five or six year old kid and I saw him walk up because he had kind of run in front of his mom, looked back and there was the mom and she saw me banging on the door and this little fight just walked up and went, boop, press this little button and the doors just went, whoosh, and I just kind of fell through, man. The button was there the whole time, and I, ah, clap me, ah, I gotta figure out how to get it. And this five-year-old, right, boop, just walk right in. And you say, man, you spent a lot of time on that silly story. I did that because I want to illustrate something for you today, man. So often in my own life, maybe you can relate to this, we approach following Jesus like that. We hear we, we read the Sermon on the Mount. We read the words that he said. No eye for an eye. No evil for evil. Instead, love your enemy. And we think to ourselves, oh, I can do that. And we try to do it all on our own and we're banging on the doors of trying to figure it out for ourselves. All the while, there is a button right there, boom. I want you to know today that Jesus expects a lot from us. He said, go and make disciples. He, 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 he said, love your enemies. He said, serve the poor. All of these expectations. And he, he gave us these assignments. In fact, you can read in Matthew 28, you can read in Acts chapter 1. You know, today is Pentecost Sunday, where you can read in Acts chapter 2. Make sure you read it today, Acts chapter 2 where we read the, the apostles, uh, Elder Brian alluded to it, the apostles and the disciples were in that upper room and, and they were waiting for something that they didn't know. You can read about it. And, and Jesus says, hey, you're gonna, here's, here's, the, here's the mission. Here's the assignment that I have for you. He lays it out for him and, and, and he says, he essentially says, and I paraphrase, I know that you can't fulfill all this on your own. I already know it. I've given you the expectation, but I know that you can't do it by yourself. And so because of that, I'm going to send someone to you. And we know that that someone 
was indeed the Holy Spirit. And we read in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came into that room like a, the, 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 the description was like a rushing wind and there was little flames as, as, a, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit that had filled that room and filled those disciples and to the, to the, to the, to the point where they begin to speak in other tongues, other languages to, to show that the Holy Spirit was at work inside of them. And he sends the Holy Spirit. And the reason why he did that is because what Jesus was asking of his disciples, I'm one of his disciples, you're one of his disciples. He knew what he was asking us to do. Love your enemies. He knew that we couldn't do it on our own. And so on that Pentecost Sunday, he sends his spirit. And you can read about it, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How are we going to get this gospel out? How are we going to love our enemies? How are we going to be effective serving our community, serving the poor? How are we going to stamp out racism and bigotry? How are we going to love people that maybe we didn't grow up around or don't look like us? I'm telling you, it requires something that we don't have in and of ourselves. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to shift your perspective today, brother. You got to change the way that you think it's supposed to be done. And you got to humble yourself. Man, I got, a hum I got so much to learn. You got to humble yourself and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know it all. In fact, Holy Spirit, I feel weak right now. I don't have the strength. I don't even know what I'm talking about. In fact, I've screwed up in ABC, these areas throughout my life. All I know is I love you and I want to do what you called me to do but I can't do it on my own. You know, what, you know what Jesus does? He goes, yeah, I know. So I'll find somebody else. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't do that. He says, no, no, I know. I've provided a little button right here. Tap it and I'll open the doors so that you can fulfill what I've called you to do. It's this Holy Spirit today. So on this Pentecost Sunday, <laughs> I just, it's amazing. It's not a coincidence that what happened this past week, and now here we are on Sunday, it's Pentecost Sunday. Can I, can I be very frank and candid with you, my friend? We will never be truly unified. We will never really heal until we humble ourselves and we lay it at the feet of Jesus. And we say, Holy Spirit, I need you like I've never, need, I, I, like I've never needed you before. I need a fresh, touch of your spirit. I need a fresh power inside of me, right? I'm a pet. I'm, I woke up this morning. And I felt weak, man. I felt like I'm going to get up. My, 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 my black brothers and sisters are, are weeping. They're, they're, they're hurting. I've talked to several with them on the phone all week long. I'm a white privileged dude. I don't even, I don't understand. I don't get any of it, but my brothers and sisters are hurting and I'm going to get up and talk about loving your enemies. And it's Pentecost Sunday. I'm supposed to somehow rope the Holy Spirit into this thing. And you know what? It, it literally, it, it all came together as I drove in my Jeep to this place this morning. It was just like the Holy Spirit just said, stop it, man. This isn't about you. Humble yourself and let me speak through you. 
call on me. You don't do it as much as you should, JF. <laughs> man, just, I, I, you don't have to know all the right, you, just, just be an open vessel, man. Just, just be humble. Let, let me just use you. And so that's what I just decided to do that today. And I'm not, and that's not like, a, oh, I'm awesome. None of that stuff, man, because I'm, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm just, I want, I want, I want, I want to see, I want to see Jesus, his spirit move in and through you in a new way. I want it for me in my own life. I said it earlier, Pastor Angie, you can say, I mean, there's so many areas of my life. I, I, I need to improve across the board. What's that going to require? A willing heart, a, a, a willing ear to listen. So maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's where we start today. I kind of ended this different in the first service. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging you right now. And you heard right at the top, I said, love your enemies. And you're like, can you get me another, you know, let's, coffee. I'm, I'm just like, is, is someone else preaching it out? You know, because, because maybe your heart was just hard to just what Jesus starts off with. If anyone's willing to listen. Jesus says in the book of Luke 2, the chapter, uh, I, can't, I can't pull up the chapter in my head right now, but he, but he, says, he says, those who have ears, let them hear. Me meaning, it's, it's, it's not even worth it if you're not even willing to hear it, to be receptive to it. And so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray today. For some of you watching, that that's your first stop. Lord, I humble myself, soften my heart. I'm willing to listen. I want to pray for you today. I'm just... Holy Spirit's here right now. And I know he's ministering to someone watching right now. Maybe, it, maybe it's, a, it's a willingness to listen. It's a willingness to think a new thought. Maybe you're here today and I mentioned it earlier. You're so full of uh, history. And I'm not discounting that whatsoever. It doesn't just necessarily always just go away. The, the memory is still there. The sting's there. But because of that, you, you were abused. You, enemies in your life took advantage of you. Maybe, maybe you're a person of color right now and you, you just have a hard time with white people for very legitimate reasons. And, and you're like, you know what? I don't, sheesh, I don't, man, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna live like this, you know? Wherever you're at. Maybe you're a, you're a spouse, you were abused. Maybe you grew up with an abusive somebody in your life. Maybe, maybe, I don't know what it is, but there's, because of that, it's, it's hard for you to be even willing to listen. I'm gonna pray for you that the Lord would heal you from those past experiences, that, that he would, uh, that, that, that supernaturally, not on your own might, that as you ask the Holy Spirit for power and healing, and that he would do a work in you right? That's my prayer for you today. Lord, I thank you for my friends watching. God, I pray right now. Maybe you're listening right now and the first step is just opening yourself up and saying yes to Jesus. If that's you. Just say a simple prayer like this. Lord, you know all of the pain. You know every action I've ever uh, committed. Every, everything, every, every uh, detail of uh, things that broke your heart. So I acknowledge today that I'm a sinner. I'm a broken man, a broken woman. I deal with addiction issues. I deal with trust issues. I deal with codependency issues. 
I, 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 deal, with tr- uh, I, I deal with racial issues. I, I just, man, I'm, I deal with hate and all, because of just, I repent of it. Heal me. Do a new work inside of me. Jesus, I believe who you are, that you are the Son of God, that you are the Messiah. And I believe that you can start a new work in my heart. Come into my life. I lay it all at your feet. I, I, I lay all my fear. I lay all my doubt. I fear, I, I, I lay all my, man, someone's dealing with bitterness who's watching right now. I just lay my bitterness and the pain and my brokenness and, and my, my identity issues. Uh, I just lay it at your feet. And I just say, I come humbly and broken. Heal me. Touch my heart. I, I, I'm tired of trying to figure all this out on my own. Guide me. Lead me. Fill me. In Jesus' name. Now, for you Christian who's watching, on this Pentecost Sunday, maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe uh, it goes as far as saying you, wanna, you want the... Um, uh, you, you want to, be, to, to do what they did in Acts 2 and speak in another language. I, I believe it's, it's relevant today. I speak in tongues myself, man. There's something, there's, there's a different type of power in that. It's available to you. So maybe that's your, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your spirit to, to the point where I speak in another language, man. It's, it's, it's available. You can pray that right now. You don't have to get all amped up at an altar to receive that type of power in your life. Just ask him right now. Lord, come in. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I need your power. I need your boldness. I'm going to face another week where there's racism and there's pain. And I'm going to watch CNN again tonight and see people hurting one another. God, make me, make, make, help me be the solution in my own community. Speak to me so that I will do my part. In Jesus' name, I bless my friends. God, bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, listen, uh, before we go, uh, during this virtual world that we've been in, Pastor Angie, we've uh, found it's been very effective for discussion because I know that there's, you're with your loved ones right now, or maybe you're in a, a Zoom small group like I am, and uh, you heard the word of God, and, and now you want to meditate uh, maybe on your notes, but we also want to provide questions. We've been doing that, and we've been get, getting a lot of feedback that people like that. And so Pastor Angie's going to read off these questions. And so have a little discussion today. Meditate on these thoughts this week. All right. So, um, yes, take a screenshot of your device if you're able to do that to um, be able to jot these down because I'm sure we'll read them faster than you can uh, do that. And also our online pastors will repost them in the timeline as well. So if you'd like to revisit it there, you can. So uh, question number one, do you perceive yourself as having enemies? Why or why not? What does Jesus instruct you to do concerning them? What does this mean? Question number two, what does it mean to change your perspective of people or situations to God's an eternal uh, perspective? <laughs> what are some habits you can put in place to help this perspective to be more automatic in your life? What does it look like? This is question number three. What does it look like to allow the Holy Spirit to give you the power to love others better? How might this process begin and how might it continue and grow? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. 
For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.